Um, this series has been a lot of fun. We've been able to kind of in embrace the whole notion of transitions and new starts and new beginnings with teachers and students, um, faculty and administration, whether it's in college or grad school, med school, law school, um, high school, middle school, elementary, preschool. It, it, it runs the gamut. And we've also been able to celebrate and recognize and bless all the helpers in the church and in life because the fact is it requires help. Life requires help. And when we acknowledge that, when we recognize that within ourselves, we can then begin to offer ourselves sacrificially to others that we can be a help. Today we enter into this uh, season of football. You know, we went Friday night, Leanne and I went to the, um, the latest round of the battle for Old Shell. It was a wonderful night, hot, um, very hot. Um, thought a lot about the players and wearing all the equipment and cheerleaders doing all the... Was it hot? Yes. Um, but fantastic. And um, we also had the beginning of college football with week zero started yesterday. And I'm looking forward to next week. I had somebody in the last service say, well, I thought you were going to offer a prayer for the, for the Crimson Tide, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. Um, I have another team in mind, but I'll do that in the privacy of my closet. So we enter this time of uh, this kind of acknowledging and recognizing all the athletes, and it's this powerful time because sport is such a vital part of life. We learn so much through, the, through sports. We understand, begin to understand what it means to have a team and be a part of a team and, and to be able to sacrifice for our team, to, to give all of ourselves, to prepare, to be disciplined, to engage each game, each event, for what it is, for that moment to give our best in that moment and to support our teammates in that moment. That's a powerful thing and it's a powerful lesson in life and not just in life but in our faith. Because we can look at the church as a team. We have all of, these, all of these teammates, these brothers and sisters in Christ who are working together for one purpose, for one goal, and that's to move the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world. To proclaim the good news. To advance the kingdom. As Jesus says, he will build his church upon Peter as the rock and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Because the church is moving forward. Always moving forward. You know, um, George Carlin. Is anybody familiar with George Carlin? Um, he had a wonderful little bit, and I'm not talking about the seven words you can't say on TV, but he had another bit in his routine. It was about football and baseball. It was a comparison between the two. And uh, he had some very wise words in this little bit. I want to share them with you. George Carlin says something like this, ground acquisition. That's what football is. Football's a ground acquisition game. You knock 11 guys out of the way and take their land away from them. Of course, we only do this 10 yards at a time. 
And then he goes on to this comparison between football and baseball. He says, let's put it this way. There are things about the words surrounding football and baseball which give it all away. Football is technological. Baseball is pastoral. Football is played in a stadium. Baseball is played in a park. In football, you wear a helmet. And in baseball, you wear a cap. Football is played on an enclosed rectangular grid, a gridiron, and every one of them is the same size. Baseball is played on an ever-widening angle that reaches to infinity, and every park is different. Football is rigidly timed. Football and baseball has no time limit. We don't know when it's going to end, if it's going to end. We might even get extra innings. In football, you get a penalty. In baseball, you make an error. Whoops. The object in football is to march downfield and penetrate enemy territory and get into the end zone. In baseball, the object is to go home. I'm going home. And in football, they have the clip, the hit, the block, the tackle, the blitz, the bomb, the offense, and the defense. And in baseball, they have the infield, they have the outfield, and they have the sacrifice. And at that point, at that word, George Carlin lands on something very important, theologically deep, whether he knew it or not. He just landed on something powerful. Because sacrifice, sport, whether it's baseball or football or soccer, volleyball, whatever the sport, name one, it's about sacrifice. It requires sacrifice because it requires discipline. It requires passion. And many times it requires putting someone else before yourself. Putting the team before yourself. Putting your player, your, your colleague, your, your, play, your teammate before yourself. It's about sacrifice. Our faith is about sacrifice. It has always been about sacrifice. Jesus Christ completely reveals the nature of our faith as sacrifice from the very beginning of the Gospel of John when, when the prologue tells us that the Word made flesh came down to earth to live among us. Jesus Christ sacrificed position and glory sacrificed himself to come down and live with us mere mortals. To show sacrifice in his life and his teaching. To show sacrifice all the way to death on a cross. Sacrifice that is lived out and born out of love, divine love. And that's the point. It's the point of our faith. It's the point of God. It's the point of Jesus Christ. It's what the cross points to. It points all of humanity to the love of God. How much 
love God has for each and every one of us and for this family, this congregation, this church, and all churches. God has a great love for all of humanity to bring us all to what we were created to be. Loving creatures. Sacrificial, loving creatures. Hang on to that. Hang on to that, that George Carlin notion of sacrifice because it's going to weave its way through the gospel. In John chapter 13, we have an incredible display of sacrifice. Jesus has been teaching and healing and offering signs throughout the Gospel of John. In chapter 13, we find the disciples with Jesus in Jerusalem. This is the last week of his life before he enters his passion. In chapter 13, in, in the first three verses of chapter 13 is a prologue, a second prologue to the second book of the Gospel of John. The first book is called the Book of Signs. And the famous prologue in chapter 1, verses 1 through 14, opens up. Beginning in chapter 13 is called the Book of Glory. And then in chapter 13, verses 1 through 3, is a prologue to the Book of Glory. Beginning in verse 4, we find Jesus at, at the table, and probably in the upper room. And he's gathered together with his disciples, and they're there for a meal. And he does something completely unexpected, completely surprising, and in some ways completely unwanted. He takes a towel and ties it around his waist and he begins to wash the feet of his disciples one by one. And Peter is the one who says, not my feet. You're not washing my feet. You're my Lord. You're my teacher. I should be washing your feet. This is, this is below you. This is unbecoming. But Jesus is about sacrifice. It's about sacrificial love. And Peter says, well, Lord, not just my feet, but wash me. And he begins to have an inkling of an idea of this love that Jesus is showing. Because in these verses, not only does he wash the, Jesus, the, the disciples' feet, but he also begins to tell them, describe to them, and teach them, and coach them what it means to be a servant. What it means to live sacrificially out of love. And then in verse 31 through 35, which is our passage for the, today, Jesus kind of unfolds this whole, this whole ceremony of foot washing in such a way that it makes not just sense for the disciples, but it, it completely unfolds life for us. When Jesus, we hear about Jesus, when he had gone out, Jesus said, now the Son of Man has been glorified and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going, you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. And by this, everyone will know 
then you are my disciples if you have love for one another. May God bless the reading of the word. Jesus stooping down to wash his disciples' feet and then recalling that ceremony and that act, that love, that sacrifice, that stooping down, he walks outside and begins to teach them a new commandment. They are to love one another. We can see this ceremony, this foot washing, as a theological act, powerful and deep in meaning. This act is both transformative and confirming. By participating in this foot washing, Jesus transforms the disciples. By them receiving and participating in this divine love, their lives are transformed to become more what they have been called to be. This community of faith, these individuals, these men of faith, these players of faith. And Jesus tells them, you should go do the same. Just as I have loved you, you should love one another. And then all the world will know that you are my disciple. When, they, when we follow that commandment. When we sacrifice ourselves and offer love to one another by stooping down and serving one another, we are confirmed in our faith. We are confirmed in God's love. That's a powerful thing for us. And it is transformative. It is transforming not just us as individuals and us as a, as a congregation, as a family of faith, but it transforms the world as we are confirmed. In this love, we are transforming the world as we see the church continue to acquire more ground, continue to move forward into the world, into the lives of humanity. That's the good news. That's the proclamation of the gospel, that God loves each and every one of us so much that he would send down his son to stoop down, to serve us, to serve me. God comes in the flesh to serve me and to die for me, for you, for the world. That's transformative. And it begins to transform us into the beings that we were created to be. Perfect, perfectly human. And when we follow, when we intentionally follow Jesus Christ into that sacrificial love, God confirms us in this family, in this faith. And there's a, a wonderful, one of my favorite sports movies. It's based on a book called Friday Night Lights. Anybody read the book about Texas football? The Permian Panthers of Odessa, Texas in 1988. It follows their playoff run. They were 
a very good football team. Booby Miles was their running back and was destined to go to Texas or Oklahoma, one of the big, one of the big schools. He would lead this, the Permian Panthers to the state playoffs, to the state championship. He gets hurt early in the first game of the season and is out for the rest of the season. The Permian Panthers, they persevere and they continue. When one person goes down, when one player goes down, they put somebody else in. And that somebody else began to take the lead. Had an incredible year rushing. They made it to the state playoffs, and in the semifinal game, they played a large school from Dallas. And they were much bigger, much stronger, far more athletic. And they were beating the Permian Panthers up and down the field for a half. And when the Permian Panthers went to the locker room at halftime, their shoulders were slumped, their heads were down, they were battered, they were bruised, they were bleeding, they were sweaty, they were a mess. They were lost. They didn't see any hope, they didn't see a win. And their coach, Gary Gaines, stood up in the, in the middle of them and gave them a pep talk. And this is how the pep talk goes. Well, it's real simple. You got two more quarters and that's it. Now most of you have been playing this game for 10 years. And you got two more quarters and after that most of you will never play this game again as long as you live. Now y'all have known me for a while and for a long time now you've been hearing me talk about being perfect. Well I want you to understand something. To me being perfect is not about the scoreboard out there. It's not about winning. It's about you and your relationship to yourself and your family and your friends. Being perfect is about being able to look your friends in the eye and know that you didn't let them down because you told them the truth. And that truth is that you did everything that you could. There wasn't one more thing that you could have done. Can you live in that moment? as best you can, with clear eyes and love in your heart, with joy in your heart. If you can do that, gentlemen, then you're perfect. I want you to take a moment and I want you to look each other in the eyes. I want you to put each other in your hearts forever because forever is about to happen here in just a few minutes. I want you to close your eyes and I want you to think about Booby Miles, who is your brother. And he would die to be out there on that field with you tonight. And I want you to put that in your hearts. Boys, my heart is full. My heart's full. Jesus stooped down to wash our feet. To die a sacrificial death that we will understand God's love that we will have a life that is transformed by the divine love, that will confirm to the world that we are God's. We are God's people. We are followers of Jesus Christ. If we're disciplined 
if we follow Jesus Christ and act sacrificially with our love for one another, then the world will know, the world will see, the world will experience, the world will be transformed by love, our love for one another, our love for humankind, our love for God, and God's love for us. And in that end, in that transforming, we too will find ourselves becoming more perfectly human. And so I ask our players, our athletes, our coaches, I ask the fans, I ask the parents, I ask this church, are your hearts full? Are your hearts full of joy? Are your hearts full of peace? Are your hearts full of love? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.